You're listening to episode 20 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they've discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and then we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. In this episode, I talked to Stephanie Magley. She is such a badass, and I so appreciate her openness and her insights throughout this episode. We talk about so many different topics, her business, motherhood, and how she balances those things. We also talk about the experiences and people that have shaped her journey and how she's handled the challenges in her life. If you're a mom, business owner, or someone looking for inspiration to put yourself out there in a way that aligns with your values, this is the episode for you. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the Becoming Aligned podcast. I really, really appreciate it. You're like a mom of five who runs your own boutique clothing store, and you have your own clothing line called Roxy Rose. So I just, I know time is so valuable. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be on. Yay. Um, we first met at Indiana University when I was, I believe I was a volunteer coach at the time when you were a freshman. Um, and I just remembered that I loved your personality and your fashion sense. And you would be designing or styling your clothes in such fun, funky ways. And they just seem so unique to you. And I just, that's something I've always just really admired about you is that you seem to have taken your own path and that you found ways to navigate life and its twists and turns with, with positivity, optimism, grit. I'm not sure exactly what you would call it, but that's what it's looked like from the outside. And I would just love to hear some, you know, take some time to talk about all of that during the course of our conversation today. So I hope you're up for that for this morning's. Yeah. Uh, yay. Um, but, but maybe, Stephanie, you can take us back by just telling everyone a little bit about yourself. I know it's a big question, but. Oh, yeah. Where do you start? I know. Um, <laughs> currently, mother of five, mm-hmm. uh, live in Bedford, Indiana, met my husband at IU. So that's kind of been our journey from graduating together, lived in Indianapolis. And then um, he got an odd job opportunity down here in his hometown of okay. Bedford. And that's kind of what brought us here. So we've been just living this life in this small town as of the last seven years, which seems crazy. Uh, Before that, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Obviously, you know, we ran together. So that's what brought me to Indiana University. And I always knew I wanted to go into the business. Um, I didn't know how, what, where. I just, I knew I wanted to do something where I could make an impact. And I just Mm. love business. I've always kind of been in and around small business my whole life. And it's just always been something I've dreamed of so um IU just was a bonus and that I could run track there and get into the Kelly school so I got my marketing and entrepreneurship degree through them and uh yeah that's pretty much kind of just I use that degree every single day on the steps (laughs) along the way so oh yeah I was going to ask you what your what your degree was in so it was in it was in marketing yeah, marketing and entrepreneurship and through the Kelly School. And oh. some like, communi- I don't know, specialization in communications. I don't know. One of those things you just keep adding stuff. So so you always wanted to, to be in business. You always had that dream for yourself. And you mentioned yeah, you, you mentioned you're around it. Yeah. You mentioned you're around it. Was that yeah. like family-owned businesses or? Yeah, yeah. I think um, my mom was always semi um 
self-employed. She either worked for a small business, a small florist shop, or a boutique, um, like, craft shop. Like, this lady had a craft store. Okay. Like, I don't know, almost like a crafting factory. My mom worked there, and then she worked as, she's worked as a florist, and then she would always make things on her own and set up at markets to sell. Oh. And so I was always around that. My uncle owned several businesses in town in Fort Wayne. I kind of worked with him in the summertime, a couple summers, and... Pretty much my whole story, as I've looked back, I've always worked either as a camp counselor in the summer, so a very independent role, mm-hmm. or for a small business. Um, I worked for Target one summer. I did love that because retail, <laughs> duh. Yeah. <laughs> and the discount, and the discount, so <laughs> duh. Um, but other than that, I either, you know, just really been around small business my whole life and just always admired that type of work and the power of small business in our community. So I knew that I wanted to have something someday and I even when I went into financial planning right out of college I did okay. that for about eight years and I would even tell my clients I'd say hey until I come up with that idea I'm here <gasps> but um I would always warn them like someday that that idea is going to come and I might I might not be here but I loved financial planning I love the role of helping others and I think it also helped me tremendously with the learning and the tools and the skills on another deeper level to then launch my business without ever needing to huh, you yeah. know struggle financially for it because it gave me kind of those tools and the groundwork to do it right. So yeah, kind of a win-win. That's amazing. Oh, okay. So I love it because I thought you worked in finance or something along those lines. And I was curious. So you would actually tell your clients that someday when that idea comes, were you just, were you kind of just waiting for like some sort of divine intervention or was it just that, how did you know when the idea came and like what, what led you to the idea? Um, well, I had my second daughter. We had our second daughter and um I don't know really how or why. I just know that when <laughs> I had her, I started to get the itch to sew again. And mm. I hadn't I've sewn kind of through college for things for myself. My grandmother and my mother taught me so technically I've been sewing for like over twenty years, which is really crazy to say. Yeah. But um, you know, in, in high school, I helped make my own semi-formal gown, made my, helped make my own prom dress, and I don't know, put it away, went to college, we kind of make things, convinced myself, artists don't make money, oh. so forget about it, it's a lost cause, go get a real job kind of mentality, mm-hmm. and when I had my second daughter, I just had this itch again, I was like, you know, I just really feel like there is this opportunity in the market for handmade quality stuff and mm-hmm. I wanted to participate. So I kind of tested out, made a couple of things, asked friends, what do you think? What do you think? And then eventually probably within a year of that kind of seeing if that would be of interest, I decided to, uh, with the encouragement of my sister set up at a local farmer's market in Westfield, Indiana at the time. And that kind of was the start of it all. There was enough wow. interest that started to snowball. That was June um, I believe it was 2010. And okay. by the end of that year, I started to like have to make a hard choice. Do I, <sighs> you know, this balance of, I was starting to feel like, okay, I'm not servicing my financial planning clients as, as a hundred percent as I could be, because now I'm launching this business is growing kind of quicker than I thought. And I just had to make a really tough decision. Mm. So I decided then at the end of that year, I resigned um, from financial planning going into the next year. So I spent January of the next year transitioning clients. Of course, my um, the firm I was with was totally awesome about letting me transition those clients because I wasn't going to a competitor. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, to a competitor, they'd be like, hey, take your stuff and leave. Um, yeah, yeah. But they knew that I was going totally something new. So they let me transition my clients in February 1st of 2011 wow. was full-time my business. And I've never looked back, never had a side gig since. So wow. I'm real thankful for that. And I'm thankful for my husband because he's also worked really hard to have that stable job with benefits, yeah, you know, along yeah. the way and allow me to navigate. So, wow. This business. Uh, then he lost it. Yeah. There's a whole story there. Oh, but, yeah, tell me. <laughs> yeah. So, well, then I did that. And um, I think that my first, the first day that I was full time on my own, um, that Friday, he got downsized and laid off. Oh, no way. It's like, what in the world? You know, so I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I really thought this was the thing and we're going to like go after it. And mm-hmm. and then he got laid off 
uh, downsize and I was like, what are we going to do? Wow. And uh, in hindsight, it was a blessing in disguise because it really allowed me to put my pen to my paper and get my business going right away. It made me oh. force me like, hey, I got to make this work, you know, like yeah. this, can't, this can't be like a slow process now. So um, it really gave me the time and the energy to put into the business right away what I needed to because he was able to then, you know, be home for a little bit. And uh, yeah, then mm. I remember, I mean, we kind of got through everything last savings. And I said, mm. I don't know what we're going to do after this. I mean, mm. I'm making money, which is great, but I'm not yeah. making enough to <laughs> make everything right. work. And, uh, and he got a, he got a call within that time frame, within a week or so of that time frame, a, a high school friend, family owned business down here in Bedford said, Hey, give dad a call. He's got an opportunity. And so Tom gave him a call, said, Hey, come down and check out this position. And said, you know, if you want to, you can start Monday. And we were wow. like, what? <laughs> okay. You know, incredible. I mean, yeah. just incredible. So the past, I mean, small business has basically been our life. So yeah. he um, worked for, it's a, they're a private owned company. They got about five different businesses. The one he worked with was um, Bedford Recycling, which is, it's a, pri- it's not part of the city. It's a private owned company, basically scrap metal commodity business, in my opinion. And they did a lot of government contracting and all that. So mm-hmm. Tom came down and helped kind of manage a lot of that alongside um the owners and their family and the sons that work in the business so Mm. that was an incredible opportunity to learn and grow um just within again seeing another seeing another small business that started out from nothing i mean he started out with like collecting cans in a garage and built this whole business and now he owns like so they've always been inspiring to us so it was really awesome that we got the opportunity to work for them work with them and for them tom anyway you know yeah me just through staring at it from afar like this can happen you can build yes thing, you know well, i think and, those, um, those examples those like they're so they're so valuable to see someone else kind of out there doing their mm-hmm. thing it's it's just inspiring i think yeah uh, yeah and then he got the opportunity he got a call um two years ago um another local business another local family-owned benefits company business and said hey you know we really like you want you on our team what's it going to take kind of thing so we got really really lucky and thankful and just all the things have aligned at all the right times for Mm. us for that part of it so Mm -hmm. kind of like when you know you're home you're home and it works yeah um i think along the way there have been pieces of those puzzle where and maybe that's the thing um you know, I know something that grounds me deeply is my faith that, yeah. it, you know, that it's going to be okay. There were times where I thought, I don't know how, but I knew somehow it would work. And it always, always did. Even when we may have been down to pennies to, I mean, I, I remember going to a market. I'll never forget it. Um, having to get into my kid's piggy bank just mm. to get the gas money to go to the market. Wow. Thinking, thinking, you know. Cause I had launched my business and Tom lost his job. And I was like, okay, this is like, you know, if I don't make money at this thing, I may not be able to get home from this thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And, um, but I just believed in it and I just knew it would work and, you know, it wasn't making millions right away by any means, yeah. but it, it was enough. It was enough to get going and to keep moving forward. And I, I started the business with kind of scrap and recycled fabrics, leftover fabrics. Mm. Um, nobody wanted anymore. And that allowed me to kind of have very little cost up front. And then I worked to be able to take that profit to now. Now I buy bolts of fabric wholesale direct from, I mean, now I, I don't even know. I buy football fields worth of fabric now. So <laughs> it's crazy to think that. Wow. Crazy to think that. But for a season I buy, yeah, I mean, so much fabric. I love it. I love that. But, yeah, yeah, you know, I can to tell. Think that I started from like to think I started from just you know what my grandmother handed down to me yeah. in her closet. I was like, hey, do you care if I go through this because I might be able to make this work and start something? And it and it worked. And um, my mother in law bought me a serger. My first little serger is kind of a hey, I believe in you, and that mm. meant a lot to me. And because uh, she had an older one, I was using, and then uh, one Christmas she said, I want to want to get this for you. And so having that family support too having those people that believed in me was a big deal wow I love I love how you said like um you just have this like this faith or this belief that things are gonna work out and like yeah is that something you think has always been with you because I know for example like even in you know the college years like you had some some situations that came up um the car accident for example you know and 
things that happen in your life that for some of us might have swayed us off our path. And th that was something that, you know, that struck me about you is just this, you just come back, you come back. And I'm always so impressed by that. And would you mind even telling the story about what happened in college and, and that, and the car accident that happened? Um, yeah, I guess. So after what it was my junior year, I think okay, it was after it was my junior year. Um, it was that summer and okay. I was that particular day going to open my mother's store in Shipshawana, Indiana, because by that time she had finally taken her leap and she owned a home decor store in Shipshawana, Indiana, which again is another example of um, business mm -hmm. that I watched start and grow. And I was headed there and just long story short, I was going to pass the semi. One was coming. I got back behind it. It went by, it went back out again. And there was a second semi behind the first one, and I just basically hit it head on and mm. somehow survived. I mean, yeah. I, uh, five surgeons later, I think the only unscarred part of my body is my left leg. Okay. Luckily, no bone, no bones were broken. I fractured several places. Um, I think it was the health, you know, the condition of health I was in. Yeah. On top okay. of the fact that the car, the car I was in, was obviously um, helpful too. I yeah. think it had all its air airbags deployed and all the things that were supposed to happen. Yeah. But one of the most outstanding things to me, which I think I've always clung to, is one thing in particular is I severed my brachial artery in my left arm. Okay. But with was pinned in such a way that I didn't bleed out because typically when wow. you sever your brachial artery, you bleed out in about 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. And I was in the middle of nowhere on my way to Shipshawan, Indiana. So somehow I was pinned in such a way. And I remember in the moment in the accident, looking down on the floorboard, not being able to breathe very well because I had a collapsed lung, oh just my telling God. myself like, it's going to be, it's fine. It's going to be okay. It's fine. It's going to be okay. Wow. Just breathe. Just, it's going to be fine. I don't know why I think this way. I wish I could tell it. Yeah. I wish I could transfer to, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know yeah. that part of it. Yeah. All I know is in that moment, I was just talking to myself, like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, um, I had to pass out, I'm sure. Well, or just, you know, memories, if you mm -hmm. and those shock, shock type things happen to you. But then I remember being in the, on a stretcher and saying, hey, just help me, mm -hmm. which I remember was a big deal for me. I've never been so vulnerable in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I've just recently done the Enneagram, which is oh, a yeah. whole other yeah. topic. So I'm, I'm a type eight. So it's very hard for me to consider being self-reliant on someone else, being not yeah. um, being dependent on someone else. And I remember in that moment being so utterly dependent. I thought it was it was just an, a, an incredibly humbling moment for me in my life. And I think I've carried that forward in a new way, in a new perspective, allowing yourself sometimes to let other people help mm. you because I was completely vulnerable and unable to help myself. And then they helicopter flew me to um, Parkview in Fort Wayne. And then I got put in an MRI, but nobody relayed my arm. And then oh I guess gosh. the doctor had to jump in, jump in with me because I started bleeding everywhere. I don't know. It's so yeah. crazy. Wow. So they ended up gra grafting an artery out of my right leg into my left arm um, to redo all of that. I, I, I lost like four and a half pints of blood, like half the blood. I really don't know how I survived that, yeah. but I really believe grace of God was there. I wasn't meant to die that day, you know, just yeah. wasn't meant to die that day. So I've lived my life kind of ever since with, um, I wasn't meant to die that day. What's my, what's my purpose I need to do and mm. be the best I can be. And so I just live like that now, you know, when you face it so easily. And then of course, you know, the combination of not long after that, I lost my mother to cancer. So okay. that was, you know, life is real. Life yeah, it is. is, you know, can be short, can be ended quickly. Mine didn't get qu ended quickly. Hers, you know, mm -hmm. unfortunately cancer took a long time for her. Yeah. Um, but still, it just, it, it's going to end. So you better make the most of it when you wake up every day. And I think I just, between those two situations, always look at life like that. Wow. Yeah, I don't Not think a it... morbid way, though. No, no. Like a, no. every day I wake up like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me next, you know? No, no, that's no, but it shapes. That's would do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's why I always wonder, like, how that – and actually, I didn't realize your mother had, had passed so quickly, so shortly after after your car accident. So, because that's – Yeah, so my accident was 20 – 2001. Okay. Um, yeah, Ju July of 2001 was my accident. And then she was gone by May of 2003. Got it. No, 2004. 2004. 2004. Okay. I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Because yeah. I was pregnant with Abigail. 2000. Yeah. So okay. 
I mean, within three years, but she was yeah. had been battling cancer the whole time. And, okay. you know, but she also had a very, very deep, strong faith. And mm. um, she passed away with a lot of grace, knowing where she was headed. And mm. I don't know that, um, I don't know if she had not been that way that I would be my way. Mm. You know, she definitely set the stage for me to look at life that way. If she had ended quite bitterly, I might have, mm. I might have still carried a lot. Um, I've said to my husband a million times if I'm like her because I'm about to, you know, next year's the year that I'm the same age as she was at diagnosis. So, wow. of course, okay. you get a little nervous. Yeah. And yeah. I said, you know, I, I won't end that way. I won't end that nice. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> oh if, it, if this same thing happens, you know. I don't know. If yeah. I can do it the way she she left with such grace knowing where she was headed. So mm. I've carried that with me a lot of the years, too. Yeah, that's beautiful stuff. Like, I just – the, yeah, just even hearing you talk about it, you t- and, and the way you live your life, like I can just, you know, and I only see you on like I have, we have actually haven't talked to each other in person since probably like <laughs> 1990. I don't even know 98 maybe or something, but um, yeah, maybe yeah. But it's so it's so like I just seeing you on Facebook or Instagram or sharing your business. There's just this underlying passion and like. I don't know, oomph for life or something that comes across to me at least. And and like, you know, to be honest, though, I felt like you had a lot of that before even the accident when I knew you prior to that. It's just you just have this kind of spirit and this personality. Um, and when you said it was shaped by your mom, I just or, you know, at least partly shaped by your mom. That's it's just interesting to hear because, yeah, it just it seems like it's something that's that's been a part of you. Um, yeah. Can you take us back yeah, to the your faith side? The face side. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's something you recently actually, you, did you recently, um, oh, what's the term I'm looking for? And I, I was raised Catholic, so I feel like I should convert? know. Convert? Yeah. Yes. Convert? Okay. Yeah. You recently converted. Oh, that's a funny story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good one because, um, I, re- when, when did I convert? Last two April, two Easter's ago. Okay. I converted. Um, from Lutheran. So to me, it wasn't a wild change, you know, that wasn't like a wild jump or, you know, it's not like going from Jewish to Catholic, right. That would have been a major, major, major leap. Um, but I remember, so our, when we moved down here to Bedford, we were in the public school system and that was fine and everything, but we also had a Catholic school in town and my husband had had experience as a kid going there and his family really loved it. And we kind of always said, you know, if, if the stars get aligned and we can offer that opportunity for our children and whatever way it can work out, then we would. And mm. we got really thankful that after a couple of years of being here, it kind of worked out. It just worked out. So we made the leap and, and started sending our kids to St. Vincent. And my grandmother's like, I don't know, Stephanie, you know, they really, they put a lot of emphasis on that. Mary, are you sure? You know, yeah. you, you want to like, you know, put your kids around. I was like, Grandma, you know, I just, I really, really believe in the faith-based side of it. And, mm. you know, if they learn about saints and, you know, I said, Mary is kind of a big deal in the story. So, yeah. you know, and uh, kind of went that way. But my, my grandmother was married to a pastor's son. So okay. I was baptized by my, my great-grandfather who came over from Germany and, um, the rate, you know, was the pastor of the small church in the little country area that I lived growing mm. up. And so that was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm not trying to disown my family, yeah, but, yeah. um, you know, it was definitely like, they're all eyes on me. Like what, you know? And my other grandmother though, on my dad's side, of the family was Catholic her whole life and a devout Catholic. And I remember I would go to mass with her a couple times a year and just kind of was like, okay, a lot of up and down, a lot of up and down, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, kind of perspective sure. of it. But I knew that she was, you know, very devout and that meant a lot to me. And as I look back on my life um, and as my kids started to go to school there, I really thought about the influence of that grandmother. She has since passed away, mm. but I thought, man, you know, I kind of wish I knew her more because she was one of the most non-judgmental, mm. ever loving women in my life hmm. like when I really look back she was always there at every almost almost all my cross-country and track meets hmm. she was there if she could try to be um which my other grandparents were too don't get me wrong yeah. they're all very very supportive of my life but you know I think about this quiet woman that was petite and sweet and always ever loving and not non-judgmental and I yeah. thought man I wish I had known her a little more you know mm-hmm. and so having that in the back of my mind um knowing that that her faith obviously was driven by Catholicism and, and then our kids going to school there, I really thought, you know, I really want to learn what they're learning. 
Yeah. So I entered the RCIA, which is, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know how to, what is it called? I don't even know what it stands for, but RCIA. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Catholics don't just let you show up and sign up and be a Catholic. You know, right. you got to go through that. Got to go through the classes and really understand it. And it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing for me because it kind of destroyed all the myths about Catholicism uh, that I was raised to believe. Yeah. It just shredded all of them to pieces. And I thought, wow, this is really, this is like my core. This is what I feel is right and mm-hmm. just and how we should live and think. And not that Lutheran wasn't. It's yeah. just that Catholic had another layer, a different layer that meant a lot to me. And I know people have argued a lot. Well, you know, they have all these things, candles and things and whatever. And I was like, you know, the way I, the way I look at Catholicism is that Catholicism is one of the only faiths that really understands the five senses that we discover life through. Mm. And, you know, I think some people need to see, hear, feel, touch, Mm. and like just all the different things. So, you know, there's always the argument about confession and I don't need a middleman and whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but some people need, some people really need that. You know, I don't necessarily personally need that piece of the Catholic puzzle, but There are other people that really thrive knowing that somebody's actually, that there's a physical person hearing them and that they're not totally loony, you know? And I'm like, well, I can, I don't feel, I don't feel a lack of confidence, direct conversations with God in my, you know, as I walk around, as I drive, I feel like I can just kind of talk to God and that's my thing. But I also feel the value of someone else maybe not feeling as confident in that role and having that layer. Mm -hmm. So I really looked at Catholicism as a way to just have a lot of different pieces and ways to feel connected Mm. to God. And that's what I loved about it. And that's what made me, you know, decide this is it. This is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. And of course, the other side is our kids are going to school there. Yeah. Yeah. Their friends, friends are getting ready to go through confirmation and first communion and those types of things. And I'm like, who am I to kind of stop their faith journey when I don't have anything else to offer them. We hadn't really found any other um, home, church home yeah. in our town. We really just liked that church the best in our, just for us, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's got different things. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, so I just definitely thought, let's just, let's see, cause I don't want to interrupt their journey, but I want to know what they're learning. And mm-hmm. again, everything was shredded. And then we got the opportunity this past year in March to go, to France with our two oldest and that was a um church kind of congregation effort to go it was like group thing what do they call it like a pilgrimage they call yeah. it a pilgrimage. okay right so, right so we thought well this will be great a great way for the kids to see the world see the big big world that exists mm-hmm. and also have another grounding in why what where you know yeah kind of believe the things that we believe and oh man what an opportunity what an incredible opportunity to seal seal the seal the deal on you know why I really believe in in my new in my new path you know but again I don't judge any other path right it just just fits you this one's right for me yeah 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 because obviously I mean I'm raised Lutheran I still believe in all that I still believe in all of that support all of that so so this is what strikes I believe we're all getting to heaven oh you know there's one answer there's one answer (laughs) do you believe you were saved by Jesus dying on the cross. So however you mix and match that, I think uh, that's my opinion. So yeah, yeah. I just, I just really like the, everything that involves Catholicism. So, well, this is what always strikes me about you is that I feel like you do things, you you do things your way, what feels right for you. You know what I mean? And like, um, yeah, like, so if I think about the accent, I like, I remember you coming back from, from that. And I was like, whew, I don't know if everyone would do that, but that must have, I was always wondering, did that feel right for you? Or even your, your path like to, into the church and like doing something maybe different from the rest of the family in that, or venturing into your business and, you know, doing something that seems to be on your own terms or even the birth of your first son. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, wow, this girl, like just, she she seems to me to have this way of figuring out what feels right or is right for her and her path and her journey. And not that she's condemning any other journeys or paths in the process, but she seems right. to have something that is um, helping her navigate things. And I don't know, what do you, would you be able to, like, what is that inside of you? And Or is there like an intuition? Is there some sort of... I think of... it's a combination. I mm. mean, I think there's, 
there's got to be something to be said for it. If I could figure it out, I'd bottle it up and sell it because I think the world would be a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do. I mean, I'm not trying I'm to with like, you. it's not a boast about myself. It's yeah. Just, there is something and I wish, I really wish I knew. Um, but I do know that, I don't know. I, this recent journey of learning about the Enneagram, mm-hmm. have you done that at all? I haven't. I've been meaning to because I've heard people oh, talk about it. Oh, you've got to do it. You've okay. got to do it. I'm not, I might be one of those cult people at some point. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so, but I'm, I'm, an, I'm a type eight, the challenger, which is no surprise to me, even though I didn't want to be, you know, it's one of those things where you, and I've had other friends like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to find out the bad stuff about me. And I'm all <laughs> like, well, I want to know the bad stuff mm-hmm. about me so I can make it better. I want to know what I what I tend to. What do I go to that's that's negative or not helpful to other people? Like, yeah. what can I, you know, learn from this? But also, that's a type eight thing to do. So yeah. <laughs> when I learned about it, I was like, wow, this makes total sense that I'm this. But, you know, you can't. You can't really get super excited when you're like in the category with Hitler and Stalin at the oh, same God. time. So, you know, you're like, okay, this could go really bad too. You know, an unhealthy eight can, uh, yeah, definitely not help the world out. So, so you know, you don't want to learn everything about it. But I know for me, it's really opened up my pers- perspective on how others have viewed me. Because along the way, definitely, um, I've had insecurities about other people challenging, like, you know, the choices that I've made mm. and uh, whether they were right or wrong. And and the same time, I'm like, but inside, I know this is what I need to do or that I, yeah. that I know is right. Or, you know, and uh, a type eight is definitely, they're fueled by justice. So ah. um, seeking that justice for others, for themselves is the lens that I view the world. And it's uh, from a gut perspective. So I'm not a feeler so much as a gut. I have emotions. We mm-hmm. all have emotions. But my emotions are relatively fleeting because my gut will move on. I don't even know how to describe that. Yeah. You know, my husband, my husband will be like, you were so mad about this last week. I'm like, what was I mad? I don't even know. (laughs) And he's like, wait, you, he's like, wait, what? You really, I don't remember at all. Like it, (laughs) I processed it. I moved on. I moved forward. And I don't even remember what I was mad about. That's Where now through this Enneagram, I've you know, seeing other types, I'm like, whoa, now I understand why that girl still doesn't like me or whatever, you know, uh-huh. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm sure people may like me now, but you know, um, I get now, I get how my personality has initially come across to some personalities. Mm. I get now how they viewed my perspectives. I'm really, it's gonna, I feel confident it's going to transform the way that I'm a boss and a leader in my role wow. in my business. As my business has grown to have employees, you know, a solopreneur for so long, I didn't have to worry about anybody else's opinion, you know? So, yeah. Or, or how they felt about a decision or how they felt about my reaction to something. And now this I feel is going to really help transform the way that I, that I lead. And now I'm also, I'm also reading Bren Brown's book, Dare to Lead. Oh, she's amazing. Um, which is already, I know, which is already turning into something that I just think is going to be really impactful. And I didn't want to, I mean, I even said to my husband, I said, Hey, I don't know if I want to grow this thing to have people help me because I really don't think I'm, I think I'm going to suck as a manager. And I think that came from being a type eight because I know that, um, you know, I'm direct and forward. I'm yeah. confrontational is my confrontation is my jam. Yeah. Most people avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, let's lay it out on the table. And it's not a confrontation of like, let's go get beat up each other. Right. It's just, I've got to work this out and I need to talk to you and work this out. And a lot of people are really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Whereas I start to feel where my view is when you don't come to me that way, I feel like you're starting to lie. You're hiding something. You're going to betray me. You're going to, I start to lose trust and then yeah. it snowballs into, I'm going to start putting up brick walls. And that's just what eight, eight, um, you know, they're so, so committed to being self sufficient and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. That it's very, it's very, when they start to feel like, uh, and their fear of betrayal is a big one. So now I get it like, oh my gosh, like it's like put so many, so many situations I've dealt with in life in a perspective. Like, no, I totally see why I saw it that way now. And I totally see why they saw it this way. And I just think it's going to transform relationships. Wow. Um, I, like, just, I think it is understanding because a healthy eight is one of the most compassionate of all the types, but they don't get the credit for it because they come across so not that way. Got it. But but to me, forward, clear, and direct is love. Yeah, yeah. But to others, that to others, that's whoa, too much. Whoa, like you're being mean, you're being rude, you're being whatever. And 
Right. I mean, if you use choice cuss words and with anger, yeah, you can be that way. And I, I have admittedly been that way at times. And I look back, I'm like, wow, you know. Yeah, and my husband's a five. And they say when a five moves into kind of a healthy space, they take on some of the characteristics of an eight, which oh. I've laughed about because this explains a lot of this past year as he's really grown in his role and become this, like, super awesome, healthy five. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, why are you so blunt? Why are you so forward? What happened? <laughs> why are you so... What? Okay, now I get it. Now I know what I've been like for the past 17 years. So Wow. Um, but it's been awesome. So that's been really helpful. And I don't know if it's like that core part of you. But as I've listened to other podcasts and things, you know, we have all the types in us. We just mm-hmm. default to a certain thing. So mm-hmm. it doesn't limit us. And I think that was another awesome thing to learn. Like, I'm not limited. I can be a helper. I can be yes. an yeah. um, enthusiast. I can be all the other types. I can bring out those pieces if I just understand what what um, keeps me in my healthy space to do it. So, you know, I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's that type eight personality core that keeps me overcoming all these types of obstacles that maybe would have broken other people. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's that core piece of it that just helps me, but I know um, I've listened to one Enneagram coach online that she puts a very biblical perspective to it which I absolutely love nearly mm. brought me to tears which doesn't happen a lot for me mm. um if you can imagine as a type eight yeah but um but she really helped me um view the world as like God is your protector you don't need to you don't need to always be looking to protect yourself and it's like mm. wow what a weight lifted you know when you yeah. can really accept that when you can really accept that I don't have to live this life like who's going to get me next right because yeah. eight, it's just like the in this core so I think that's what always kept me moving. Got it. Kind of like, I don't know, zombie apocalypse, what's around the corner? <sighs> Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. Got to keep progressing. Got to keep getting better. Yeah. It's just this in- internal drive thing that, uh, but that's also can be isolating and all the things, and you know, yeah. that I've, I've seen in different moments of my life that I've definitely taken on the unhealthy sides of the eight. Not so much as a Hitler status, clearly. But, <laughs> Thank goodness. You know, yes. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you never want to read that's the category you're in. That's just, man. That's just like, wow. That is a yeah. lot. That is a lot to see. It's a lot. But yeah. see, um, that one coach really described, too, that um, an eight as a snowplow. And um, you kind of like, oh, that sucks to be called a snowplow. Right. Um, and she said, but the power of an eight is that they just have this way of um, just plowing through anything and everything when they have their mindset to it. And the fear is, you know, you got to watch for the people. You don't want to nick anybody on the side of the road because they can really hurt too, you know, ah. really hurt swift and fast, you know, and eight can really, they can do some damage really quick. And I totally see now um, past relationships, how I've, I've definitely, uh, I can own those pieces of that mm. puzzle now, knowing how I was kind of just plowing the way for what I thought greater good, this or that. And then it's, you know, but at the same time, you're kind of nicking, nicking people in a hard way when yeah. some personalities just uh, definitely view life differently. Like I've, I've got a, a two that works for me and that's been, it's been life change, kind of game changer. Sounds like it. To, yeah. To understand her perspective, which is more of a, everything comes from feelings. So mm-hmm. when I react with anger, she's thinking she's got to fix it. And I'm like, I just, I'm problem solving from the get go. And, I've never taken any of it to heart. Yeah. You know, but, but because she would, she wants to fix it. So she's just, that's her personality. And, mm. and um, it just, it just all makes sense. So that's been really powerful. So like I said, I don't know if that's. No, that. It's, piece it's, of it. I think there's, a, you know, there's so many dynamics to what makes you who you are. Like yeah. you said, you know, what you face and what you, once you make that one hard thing happen in life you overcome that one hard thing if you can just allow it to snowball I feel like it allows you to just tackle anything you know and and Mm. I've said this before like I just want even if my kids could feel that one kind of harder loss Mm. to to project forward I would love to believe that I'll be around to help them through it because I would love not that you want something bad to happen but you just want them to be challenged in a way to show them how to react to that challenge. Or, and look at that other thing that they talked about. If we can learn to respond to the world instead of react to the world. Ooh, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we can just teach, learn how to respond. Yeah, Instead absolutely. of just everything on a, react, on a reaction. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's the mission. And sometimes I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe God kept me here for just to create five awesome, incredible children for this world. Yeah. <laughs> it's know. like, if it blows my mind you that know, you maybe have five that's kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that, 
and they're, they're getting the lessons that you've learned throughout these throughout your life and what I love when I'm listening to you talk it's like the and I'm probably gonna say it wrong is it Enneagram is that how you say it or Enneagram I guess I don't even I don't okay. really know, I don't <laughs> know with that. but I've heard people say I've heard people say it either way but it's, oh. it's been a big one for me this yeah. year and I've also read the book Imperfect Courage by Jessica Honegger which is incredible okay. I've read that this year and I've tried to be on more of a reading podcast path this yes. year that's all, all so the combination of all of that has been really helpful but her book, oh man, talk about a, I mean, it's, she just, the social entrepreneur business, I mean, it's social impact, it's just what she's doing with her business is incredible and a huge dream of mine at the core of oh. my, um, of my dream for war, my whole life story. So hmm. her book was super impactful to me in a way that maybe, maybe, I don't know, other people would, you know, read it and be like, oh, that's not really my jam, but it's totally helped me this year just release a lot of you know what it's time to just do this do this Ooh. you know keep doing it my way because it hasn't failed me yet yeah so stay true to that compass. and she has helped me have the have the courage to do that even more so mm. she's, no, she's, she's paved the way for that she's the one um what's the name of her business because i know we have a friend noonday who's, noonday yes katie, katie. yes and that's mm -hmm. why like all because of katie and katie like i don't know she's been doing it with her from the very beginning okay. katie's been yeah a noon a noonday ambassador and so that's how I knew about noonday and then because of Katie and then just followed that path and um I always when I first started my business if to go way back when I dreamed of one of the biggest things that struck me is I'll never forget opening up a town and country magazine and it was some Lauren Bush but not related to the Bushes mm -hmm. maybe married a Bush I don't know anyway she had launched a line that was a collection for women with fabric hand dyed by women across the globe. And mm. I thought, Oh, that is it for me. That is mm. it. I'd always had a passion for microfinance, um, the power of our dollar across the globe. Ooh, yeah. And I've just always carried that with me as my goal. Right. And as I've grown my business, like, okay, but I gotta make, I gotta make ends meet first. So this is what I, you know, I've done this, I've grown this, I've really put the pieces together to make sure that I can keep building momentum um, as I, but then, you know, my business gets so busy and I'm in the hustle and bustle. Yeah. It's like, you kind of, you're kind of like, okay, well, I can't really like just shift to this now. Um, except yes, I can. Yes. Actually, I can if I want to. <sighs> so I've kind of put it off a little too long because of that. Um, well, you know, you just got to keep it moving. You got to keep it turning. And I'm like, nope, I, I'm not going to let my business run me. Um, Ooh, I like that. So I'm really, I'm really going to, you know, even though you it's hard not to because when you're mm -hmm. in it, the momentum goes and grows, which is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's time to stop and pause. And I know 2019 for me is going to be a big year of really pausing and going, um, where can I be impactful? What's going to really matter? You know, at the end of last year, our business was able to give a significant amount of money to Pencils of Promise, which is an organization I, I believe in mm -hmm. um, because I believe in education and the power of education. And I also absolutely like freak out at the opportunity to <laughs> potentially be um, a microfinancer. Mm. I just like, that's like my dream, like to be like a little baby angel investor. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> you know, because you don't have to have millions of dollars to start a business. Right. You don't have to have that here in America, let alone the right. power of a hundred, a hundred dollars in Africa. I mean, yeah. uh, 500 us dollars across the globe could allow a woman to start her own business and have a thriving opportunity to give her children a college education. Yes. To me, that is the most impactful way to leverage our dollars like I mean there's investments yeah but I mean to leverage real meaning mm -hmm. um with money with money which is my kind of my love yep. yeah it's 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 just in it's incredible so I'm really looking forward to really just holding myself to that having that courage like Jessica did to believe in her business in this way too and um in my way you know do it in my yeah, way where yes. either either I don't know how that's going to exactly look I just know that it's going to be something that I really want to leave a legacy and an impact through my business with which is you know helping other women start businesses whether it's here locally globally whatever I just really believe in the power of it for our future and economy I mean in general yes Oh, I love that. That's so exciting to hear you talk about. So it's for you, it's helping other women start their own businesses. And the power of doing that is just to build the economy and to, like the families and all of that. Is that what kind of really gets you excited about it? 
Yeah, I think just the power of, you know, growing jobs through mm-hmm. unique ways. And I mean, I'm not saying that there's not opportunity in America. Clearly, there's opportunity in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just definitely takes a higher level of financing to start something here. It's just the way it is. I mean, yeah. we're just we're a more developed economy. It's just it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that you can snowball a lot globally for somebody make an impact mm-hmm. um, where somebody that's worrying about making dinner on the table and Yep. Your, you know, your contribution or your, hey, if you can help me make this or help me do this or ha- like the hand dyed fabrics and the combination of those types of thought processes to bring over um, and mix the way that I do my traditional fabrics. I just there's so much to be there's so much opportunity for me to get to my dream and my core of what I wanted my business to be oh. that I just kind of, like I said, I built momentum along the way and then you yes. keep growing, 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 and then yes. you're just running, running, running. And it's like, okay. I got people that I love and trust on my team. Now it's time to step back and do my do my real work, which is I think going to be the the most fulfilling of all. Ah, oh, that's so exciting. Okay, so for you, it's just a matter of carving out the time and the space to make sure you're able to to dedicate time to that aspect of things and and making sure that mission continues yeah. to grow. How do you do that? You've got five kids. You've got your clothing line, and the clothing line is called Rock. Oh, wait, is that Roxy Rose? Yes. And the, the boutique yeah. store is the Lemon Seed Boutique. Did I say that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And they're like adorable. The clothes and the styles. Every time I see you share something, I'm like, oh my God, I love her sense of style and the things that you're <laughs> bringing in. It's just so, yeah, it's so cute and cozy and just, yeah, I love it. Um, and I think this is something too that I, you know, if someone's listening and, you know, you just cannot pigeonhole yourself in your business either Mm. to this is what I this is what I said I would do and this is what I'm going to do and this is the product that I'm offering and I'm just going to keep putting it out there until I make the people see it and hear it and feel it and whatever you know you sometimes you just got to go with the flow Mm. and trust when the door is like open and for me you know I kept hearing hey you really I would you know you should do women's you should do women's and Mm. I'm like you know what I can't make women's clothing for a price you're going to pay. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of call bluff on them and, and maybe they would have, and I just didn't really believe it. Um, but I also, you know, the patterning and styling and, and, and um, scaling of women's clothing. I mean, there's more fabric, there's more everything. Yeah. Right? When there were so many other brands already doing it right and well. And yeah. so for me, um, that first little leap of, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to, use other brands and their creative energy. And I'm going to bring things that I think are going to match my line and kind of look at it more of as a, even though that was hard as a maker, as a handmade person to be like, Whoa, I'm bringing in something that was maybe made in China and I'm going to offer it. And it's, and it's going to be so cute. And then um, at the same time though, that's what the people wanted. You know, it ended up being, that's what the people wanted. That's what um, people love. You know, um, the boutique world is a very growing industry in my opinion. And, and um, I think curating it and being a buyer for my store has brought me a lot more joy than I thought mm. because I really love, you know, I love that yeah. piece of it. Um, and of course, you know, and that I'm not designing anything in the store, but I'm making a living. And now I have employees yes. that the store fully supports. Yeah. And now I have this opportunity to go into 2019 Yes. And dedicate my whole world to Roxy Rose. So, I mean, it's just, it's all been right. So I think as a business owner, I think you just need to always look at, I'll never forget when I first started my business and I was making little girl dresses. And then I had these scarves that I made out of t-shirts, right? Mm. I made them out of t-shirts and they were like, whatever, not that hard to make. And I put them on Etsy and they were selling like crazy. And I was Mm. discouraged. I was discouraged. I told my husband, I was like, why aren't my designs what they buy? Why are they picking these scarves? Like, this uh, is a scarf. And, yeah. and he's like, whoa, Steph. Like, <laughs> you need to think about, well, you need to shift the way you're thinking and be like, you're thrilled that you have found a product you can make quickly that's capitalizing on a current trend yeah. that's allowing you to grow your business. I was like, okay. And that, I think that perspective shift right at the very beginning of my business helped me see it the whole way through. Like, you know what? If huh. that's what the people want. If that's what they're going to love and that I have, a, I do feel like a unique, um, you know, I buy based on my authentic self yeah. and that reflects in my store. And therefore, luckily, there's been enough people that like my style, too. And yeah. it has worked, you know, so it's definitely worked. But I buy from my own authentic style. So absolutely. Um, so I don't I don't feel I definitely don't feel uh, 
like I'm just being a capitalist. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like this is real. Like this is me offering up in my, my own way, my own closet, my own opportunity to be, you know, yourself style to me is not an image. It is a reflection of who you are on the inside, on the outside. You yeah. know, when I'm dressed confident, when I'm dressed feeling myself, I am confident in my day, whether it's mothering in a cute new sweatshirt and yeah. jeans, yeah. you know, to a, a dress for a work event. You know, I feel yeah. When I'm who I am on the inside, on the outside, I just feel more myself and confident to tackle anything. So to me, that's what style and clothing is. It's not an image or just, uh, you know, put a label on something and try to make money. It's, it's, it's much more than that. Yeah. And we see that in the way that we help the women in the store feel better about themselves, find the right mm. fit. You can, I'm a type eight, so you can read my, you can read my face. I, I got the <laughs> face thing. So you come out of the dressing room and you're like, what do you think about this? I'll make a face. So I can't lie. Can't yeah. lie to you anyway because I'll, I'll make a face. Yeah. And then you'll know I'm lying. So, yeah. um, but I think there's been a lot of women that really, that's why they come to our store because they know that we'll give them an honest opinion on the yeah. fit of things and what we think is going to look good. And we say, hey, you're not feeling it. Like I can tell when you walk out of it, you're not feeling it. Like I don't care if it's on trend. You're not feeling yourself. So what's mm. the point? And, um, and that, like I said, that's been a whole nother aspect, but if I hadn't, if I'd been so pigeonholed in, well, this is it, it's handmade and this is the way it's going to go. And this is, you know, this is the only product I'm going to offer until everybody wants it because I believe in it. You know what? So many big businesses, um, were grown because they were willing to shift and change. And that's, that's a big one. I read good to great, good to great was an awesome book too, from a business perspective. I read that as well. Yep. I think that's helped me along the way many, many times over. Yeah. For sure. So. No, I love it. It's got to be flexible. Yeah. And I I do, when you've mentioned like your style is coming through, like that is so evident. And like, I just feel like I look at the clothing, your clothing line and the clothes that you're sharing in your store and it just really seems to come truly from you, you know? And I think that's what makes it so appealing. And I think just in general, when people are just like sharing their truth and they're like, their unique, authentic personality, whatever that may be for that person, like that's kind of what really resonates with people. And so, um, yeah, I think for me, even watching, seeing your stuff online or on Instagram or whatnot, I'm always like, that's just, it's just extra, it's extra cool because it's coming truly from from that person and from that boutique, which makes it so much more appealing. So I, I love that about what you share. And um, I can only imagine that's a big part of the success for your for your for your store and for the clothing line. So I don't know, it's something I really appreciate about what you do. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's it, hard. You know, you want to, you just, you want to stay true to yourself. So. Yeah. Is it, that's what I was going to ask. Is it hard to like, is that hard for you or is that something that just comes so naturally and so instinctively that you see it, you know it, you feel it? I think it is something that definitely comes natural, but I does not mean that I do not struggle with it. Got it. Um, I'll be like, this is what I think is right. But then I'll be like, oh, but the people are going to say this or the things that uh, people are going to think that, you know, you still, that still gets in my head. Yeah. But then I just, but then I get, then it usually turns to um, a little bit of anger and resentment. So I have to just let it go. Like, yeah. it's fine. like not everybody has to think my way or not everybody has to, has to um, believe in me with this right now. I can, I can't, not pursue something that my gut tells me I need to pursue. I just, yeah. I don't know how to do it. I haven't figured it. I haven't figured it out yet. I don't think I'll figure it out anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, I know that it will internally destroy me to not follow that internal path. Got it. It will shred me alive. So if, if somebody really battled that internal um, drive to do something, uh-huh. but always felt stopped by the outside yep. um, view mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't mm-hmm. envy that. I don't envy that place because mm-hmm. I think it's whatever. I just know that it'll eat me up inside to not, um, not pursue it. So I just, I just blaze through and pursue it anyway. Yeah, because it does. It kind of see it, where see where it leads me. That's yeah, yeah. Because it does. It quietly like kills your spirit when you're like the outside oh, perspective, yeah. and so it's like kind of keeping that light, you know, that flame alive inside of us. That, um, and that does require us to just kind of somehow block out you know the outside world and all the shoulds and all the things that we think we're supposed to do our expectations and it's easier said than done that's for sure like and does your faith or how do you how do you find the quiet do you have to find quiet time for you to like tune into that or 
because you got a busy life. Like, I wonder how you yeah. stay tuned into it. <laughs> Quiet doesn't really exist in my <laughs> I just life. Wondered. Oh man, like to have peace and quiet would be like what? I probably just fall asleep. Finally, I don't know. Um, so I think just pockets. There's just little pockets of time. Drive time is, you know, even if it's a small amount of time, I do a lot of doing and thinking. Yeah. You know, I have a very supportive, incredibly supportive husband who's willing yeah. to have late night, late night chats with me. And really, um, we challenge each other. We're kind of a match made in heaven for yeah. challenging each other. Um, definitely could go bad if you weren't <laughs> open to challenge and criticism, but luckily both of our personality types kind of thrive in that growth. Yeah. Um, so we're able to be really open and honest with each other at the end of the day on everything from parenting to purchasing to, business you know it's yeah just, we're able to be really can't really candid in our space with each other and i'm thankful very much thankful for that um so that's a lot of it too my quiet space to really think but i know a lot of it most of it happens just traveling you know in between mm. this or that or you know i always keep a notepad beside me almost always Aww. just to write down any thoughts or things i'm starting to get in the real world with you know technology yeah. <laughs> to help me help me with those types of things to really put things to paper but yeah you know I did, just carving out time to read this year has been really yeah sounds um, like it a, a huge thing which I haven't done I mean admittedly not been doing for many years because yeah. I've been blazing at this business yeah growth phase and um, now I'm just thankful to have some people on my on my team that I don't feel like I have to worry so yeah. I can take some time and space to think yeah, lay it out, which is going to be, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the next year for that. Because like I said, all this path of all these little things entering from, you know, one thing also with Imperfect Courage, the book, Jessica Honegger, what I really took away was a section of the book where she talked about an and living in an and instead of mm. or mentality. Mm-hmm. And as women, we take on so many different roles in so many different ways. And I think we have this or like I can be this or I can be mm. that. Um, I can do this or I can do that. And one of the biggest revelations for me is changing to that and mentality. Mm. I can be a business owner and I can be a good mother. I can balance, you know, all of, I can do these things. It's not a set way. And um, another one for me that I really own as the core of being a type eight is that I can be deeply compassionate and empathetic but also wildly confident, bold, and strong. Yeah. Because I felt a lot of my life I've been pigeonholed as the bold, confident, strong meant that I didn't give any damn about anything to anyone, mm. right? I think they, they, they pigeonhole um, a personality like that. Well, she must not care. She can't care. She's so strong. She's so bold. She's yeah. so this. That. Yeah. Oh, she, she, she's doing it all for, you know, just her own ambitions mm. and, um, and I've just let go of that. Like, no, no, I can actually be wildly compassionate and oh, empathetic. Yeah. I'm yes. really good at it, actually. And I'm very generous with my time and my money at times. Mm-hmm. And um, when I'm in a healthy space, I can do that. So yep. I just want to transfer that to my girls, too, as they grow and learn. And, and my boys, obviously, yes. too. You know, boys yeah. just, I don't know, boys seem to think ands all the time. I knew this and I knew it. No, <laughs> that's I knew so all true. That. That's just you know, boys just kind of think that way, yeah. right? Like, they're yeah. like, that's, More I don't know, they, yep. don't, they don't get pigeonholed. And that's a society thing, yeah. too. But I know for for women, if we can start believing in the power of the and, you yes, know. Yes, I love it. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong way necessarily to do mm-hmm. things as long as they're right for your family. And I'll, that's another thing I had my my managing partner at my financial firm one year that I did really well, but I wasn't necessarily around um, the office as much. He's like, what did you do? Yeah, that was so different this year. And he said, because it's not a model I want to share with anybody because you (laughs) are not here very often and you're not this or that. And I said, you know what, when I finally look at, you know, here's what I need to work out for my family. Here's what my family needs from me in a holistic way, Mm -hmm. whether it's time, energy, being there for this financially, all of that. Every decision I made in the course of the year went towards that. So Mm. if it was um, maybe I would get to know a senior financial advisor a little better if I hung out at the party afterwards and maybe he would give me his like, you know, ABC, you know, he keeps his A clients and he gives me some of his C clients, you know, all that kind of way that you can work to build your practice in the financial world. You know, I'm like, no, I'll just 
I'll just work on um, being more referral based and working hard with my clients to earn that trust with yeah, them. And, um, yes. It's okay if I grow. It's okay if I grow slower because it's important to me that I'm home at night. And um, you know, it just. I'll, I think it was my four year old that said at the time he's like. He said something like, "Mommy and Dad are getting divorced because Mommy's never home at night." Oh, and I was like, "What?" Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and it was because I was working so much, yeah. working so late, and um, some of those things were obviously working with clients because you know I'm after I, I was, you know, they get home from work and I'm at their house helping them. But yeah, others were, you know, well, I'm at this um, event or I'm at a work function or I'm at something like that, and I thought, no, it's and no, everything's going to now revolve around uh, what this core family needs from me in whatever unique mm. way that is. And it it allowed me to re, reshape the way that I thought about how to grow in that world too. And I, I did well. That I still miss yeah. some days that world. I love the impact I had as a financial advisor, but I think that there's more work to be done on this side of it too, that I can be just as impactful in yeah. a new way. So, but I definitely think about that a lot. Um, you define your own, you know, yes. I've, I've worked, I've worked from home. I've worked out of the home. I've had full-time daycare from a eight week old. I think Abby was eight or 12 weeks old. First day of daycare. I've had them be full-time daycare. I've had them be part-time. I've had them. I've been yeah. at home and not really working. I've done it all. Yeah. So, but it all was in the right season and the time for my family. And I yes. think that's what women got to let, you know, there is no, there's no right or yes wrong way to do that. Like just, you got to roll with what's right for your family and just be okay with that. I love the and part because I do see you and your and how much caring and love you have for your family. And there's, you know, you got five kids. That's not an easy job, like at all, you know. And and then you have your own business. And I just love the, I love the love that you give to all of it. And and the and part of it, like it just it's that's powerful because there is no right way to do this. And you just gotta figure out what works for you. And like, like what works for you might not work season. for someone else. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah there's, there are, and there's always a season. Like yep. it's never final. Nothing is yep. ever final, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I can change my mind tomorrow. And right. You know what? If, it's right <laughs> if it's right for my family, then it's what I'm gonna do. Yes. You know, it's just, it's, I've always said that I've always wanted to build a business where if a child were to get sick, that I could walk away, done, over. Yep. Nothing matters to me more. You know, so, you know, there's just always putting yourself in a position to be able to roll with the season of your life, I think is important too. I love it. Ah, oh, so much good stuff. To, yes, I love all the insight that you shared today, Stephanie. And I'm so glad, I'm so grateful for having you on it. It's been like so long since we've actually spoken. So it's just, it's, it's just <laughs> well, cool. Well, I'm excited. I love a good soapbox opportunity. Yes. So it's another type <laughs> eight trait. I know. <laughs> but you know what? These are messages that we all need to hear. And even when we know them, they're, they're good to hear again and again, you know? So it's like, we all yeah. just need these reminders. And that's, oh man, that's what I felt like this year. I told my husband, I said, you know, you read these things that I've been reading or listening yeah. to on a podcast and you're like, you're like, dang it. I knew that. Yes. Like I just, you know, I knew that, but mm -hmm. you, you know, you, it's good to just hear it again and yeah. again and again yeah. by people to re reconfirm that it's, this is, it's really okay to think this way or be this way or grow this way or yes. move or shift or change. Like it's all okay. Yeah. But it is hard because, you know, you're like, oh man, I feel stupid that I'm reading this book and being so impacted because I knew yeah. all of this internally, but you just you. don't, it's still, you got to have it be reminded all the time all the time yeah well so thank you so much for all of these reminders like I do I think they're they're really impactful for women with especially for women with families and aspirations for their own business or whatever the case may be I think it's just they're all very they're beautiful reminders for that so thank you Stephanie for taking the time to be on the Becoming Aligned podcast today I really I really appreciate your time and your insights today well you are welcome and I appreciate being thought of to yes. do this so many great insights in this episode. You can check out the show notes on my website at maureenryan.co for links to the resources that Stephanie mentioned throughout the podcast. It was so interesting to hear her talk about the Enneagram test and share how it's provided her some new insight. I know I'm planning to take the test before this episode airs and will share in the Becoming Aligned private Facebook community. And I'd love to hear if you guys have taken the test and what insight it's provided with you. Because... Awareness is so important. And with that awareness and the understanding that there's these different seasons of our lives, it just allows us to operate differently. And I think with just a little less judgment um, for ourselves and for others. And it's a matter of tuning into our own personal value system and staying true to that. 
but I think we all need the reminders. These are so many potential influences and distractions in our life that can steer us away. It's a regular practice to stay tuned in and connected. I also really loved hearing her talk about how getting through that first really hard thing and allowing that to snowball and teach you and show you that you can tackle anything. I think that's so, so good and so true. I feel like I could keep going on, but what about you? What did you find yourself thinking about and reflecting on after listening to this episode? Please share my website at maureenryan.co or on my Instagram page, maureen underscore ryan underscore. And if you haven't already, join the Becoming Aligned private Facebook community where we'll keep the conversation going and dive into how we can stay true to our path and our own personal journey, even when it's really scary to do so. Wanted to pop in here for one last update. I'm launching the Becoming Aligned private mentorship program. It's a three-month program designed for those of us with people-pleasing and perfectionist tendencies who may be struggling underneath their armor of perfectionism and living a life that they feel disconnected from and that doesn't fill them up. I'll serve as your guide and mentor as you begin the journey to reconnect to your feelings and rediscover your truth. So you can begin to take action and make choices in a way that truly aligns with your values and that feels purposeful and meaningful to you. Please check out my website for more info and to schedule a free 30-minute discovery call. The next sessions start in April. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.